Welcome, one and all, big and small. This is your handsome host, Nydrick of 15, and this is the third official episode of my first official podcast, Pen to Pad, the one-stop shop made to inspire young writers and just young people in general to express themselves. Today, we're about to do something very different because I know I've got a lot to answer for, mainly for my absence across the three-ish, four-ish months I've been gone. So um, I will explain the reason now. I got busy. I Between a bunch of school events, trying to plan out stuff for college, and also the um, my wanting to com- come back with, with bigger and badder setup, I've decided to take a little bit of a few-month break to try and figure all that out. The main reason why I wanted to try and improve my setup was because I wanted to see if you guys would be more open to freeform stuff or just for me to do more freeform stuff too. I know my biggest, um, I know you guys are a bit nice about it, but um, I know that the worst part part of these pen to pad podcasts is probably my voice and the quality of it. Hence why I am now using a new microphone to set things up in the same location. So I hope it works out for all of us and all of you. Like I said before, I'm still new to the entire thing and I am still learning and still improving. But don't get me wrong, I am still going to um, go above and beyond with the podcast, especially this summer. I want to at least get, um, I don't know how many um, interviews I can, uh, I'll be able to get, but I do have uh, some connections. So I think that the Pen to Pad podcast will at least have a couple of episodes more to stay. Other than that, I will, um, but we're not here to have another interview. Instead, I would like to, as um, promised, because of the freeform stuff, I would like to do a small chance to, I would like to take a small chance to try and share some of my work and do a little bit of my stuff. Don't worry, it's still writing advice, don't get me wrong. But I wanted to see if I could um, make make up my own writing advice under a new, under a new moniker. You see, a couple of months back in November of last year, I did um, see a Twitter account on from the name of Lily Orchard. If you don't know who that person is, she's effectively a YouTuber that is known for her, mainly known for her cartoon commentary and far left opinions. While I will not be discussing, um, while I did hear that she has made a couple of toxic actions in the past, I'm not really going to discuss them here. Mainly, um, I just wanted to discuss these tips as and use them as a way to sort of inspire and sort of um, give out my own advice and just to poke some fun. I'm, I did not make this as a way to hurt Lily Orchard. I have no beef. I've got no beef with her. I only disagree with her rule of with her tips on writing. And and I have kept this a little bit secret for a long time now. However, during March of this year, I was feeling a little bit like a stagnant and just bad writer in general. Hence, I finally decided to get work up the courage to write a blog about this. 
Today, I would, if you guys would be so kind, I would love to read out the blog a little bit, since I think that it touched me in a, um, it's some of the best work I've written and some of the most personal work I've written. And I wanted to see if I can use that to inspire to more people and obviously use it for my own voice. So sit back and relax because in a couple, um, in these next couple of minutes, I will be reading to you my blog on why, hold on, hold on, Lily Orchard's Simple Writing Tips is garbage and here's why. If you don't know, it's kind of like a dig at the fact that she, her videos are called, um, most popular videos on YouTube are Steven Universe is garbage. Here's why. Legend of Korra is garbage. Here's why. Now you know. Starting now. Has anyone ever heard the phrase, everyone's a critic? If so, then you can probably guess that this quote has gained a lot of traction with the onset of the internet. Everyone has an opinion on someone, somewhere, doing something for better or worse. Sometimes it's helpful, but most of the time it's not. And I can think of no better example than Lily Orchard and her 100 writing tips that she put on Twitter. While she did delete the post swiftly after making them, still watching all those um, those tips was the writing equivalent of seeing someone one hit all the sides in operation intentionally. It also struck a chord for me in the months to come as I felt a little bit stuck, stagnant, and doubtful of my writing recently. So sit back, dear um, dear readers, as I go over my gripes of Lily Orchard writing advice. And here I basically explain like my um, why my thoughts on Lily and overall like I don't have anything thing against her. And also, little bit of something I did not mention before reading this, I want to make it very very, very clear. I am not a writing expert. I've been writing for over two years on Wattpad, Archive of Your Own, Royal Road, literally every writing um, site under the sun. But I will never consider myself to be a amazing writer or a masterful writer. These are things that I've cultivated for years um, or over the years. But whatever I say in relation to these tips, are allowed to be argued and debated with. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell you how you guys have to write at the end of the day. I'm only suggesting it, or at the very least, I'm just like um, telling you my experience. And my experience is an all experience. That's something that I feel like not enough people do in general. I will not be going over every tip, but I will be breaking them down to general sections. She made a hundred of these tips, so I'm not going to bother myself with trying to debunk every single tip. If you do want to see every single tip um, debunk, I highly recommend Dire Gentleman's video on Lily Orchard's 100 writing tips because they are a great, it's a great two hour blog that of that really just video that really just highlights everything um, on how to be a writer. And I think you guys would all enjoy it. But now, to the first section. Opinion, 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 repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Long story short, the biggest problem with most of Lily's advice is that it's highly opinionated, contradictory, lacks nuance, toxic, redundant, and not writing advice. The best examples I can bring up are 44. The best way to end a love triangle is polyamory. 78, as a general rule, Slice of Life has always been more popular than action and adventure. 91, The Little Mermaid and Cinderella are more feminist than Beauty and the Beast. 
Or two, if a straight man really hates a certain character, but lesbians love them, there's a 90% chance that this is your best character. 46, Mary Sue is not a writing tip, it's thinly veiled misogyny. 48, someone on this hell site once remarked that we need more lesbian non-con, which is non-consent for anyone wondering, because purity is boring. That is a dangerous and violent person, do not listen to them. Seriously, my god, what is wrong with you? 40, of abuse fetishes, if abuse fetishists are giving you shit for not caving into their demands, just block them. Don't argue with them, don't debate with them, don't treat them with good faith. Just block them and be on with your day. 48, goblins are inherently anti-Semitic. Okay, so all that being said, please tell me how this could be writing advice, because it seems here Lily just did what Jordan got made for, making toxic and bad takes highlighted under unpopular opinions. None of these are writing tips. They are all just takes that can be easily argued. Whether the love triangle has two mental unstable bad boys as their choices, polyamory wouldn't be a good way to end it. The Demon Slayer movie, Mugen Train, a battle shonen, mind you, you made a lot more money than A Silent Voice, a largely slice of life anime movie. And to be fair, those are both anime movies, but I think my point still stands. I find that the movie that features a literal, strong, smart, independent woman fighting on multiple toxic suitors more empowering than the woman who sacrificed her voice to fall in love with a man and the woman who got only saved from the situation in part due to a prince. Mary Sue's are a mostly general neutral term and, not, and have just been overused. Of course, my examples and claims are debatable, so are Lily's, yet she's trying to make everyone else, um, she's making her opinions like facts and discounting everyone else's, even though they don't help anyone. What's the point of having tips on criticism if you're going to only spout your limited views on writing? And next, the next section, Sorrel's Break Digs. This is an evolution of what I was talking about before. Some of the tips are digs at popular kids shows that she doesn't like, and I can prove it. Those who want to get into Avatar and She-Ra and the Prince of Power, skip to the next um, paragraph to avoid spellers. Um, victims of abuse moving away from the negative impacts of their abuse, i.e. Zuko, and becoming healthier are not redemption arcs. Six, two women kissing in the last episode of a show after four to five seasons of trying to murder each other isn't revolutionary. It's fetishized abuse and violence. 17. If if the one, only lesbian in your work is an abusive rage hog with vague angst issues and a codependent relationship to a protagonist, you're a huge turd. 18. If your non only non-binary character is a non-human shapeshifter, you're a huge turd. 19. If you're only an autistic character, if your only autistic character is an ethically challenged number fetishist, you're a huge turd. 37. Romance trope. But gay is not an absolute rule to live by. If Shira toss anything, it's that gay Raylo is not an improvement. 43. If, not one of your, if one of your writers believes Simon from Infinity Train was misunderstood and Grace is the villain, that writer should be punished immediately. These feels like very passive-aggressive digs on both Shira, Infinity Train, and Avatar. Specifically, um, for Shira especially, it's the characters Adora, Catra, Double Trouble, and Trapta. Once again, these are debatable opinions, especially when there are fan favorites or parts and context. A lot of the rules either attack various shows like, uh, like these shows and features a lot of representation-related um, tips. So here's my take. I personally think if you want to have a story with a diverse cast but aren't inherently focusing on these diverse traits like sexuality, race, and gender, 
etc., then just make them well-written characters, avoid negative stereotypes, and you'll be fine. If not, research to be respectful. I, as a straight man, have written a gay main character before, David Wiseman, aka Gargoyle, for my story, Genesis. And I'm not going to pretend that I could ever properly experience the life of a gay person. However, I can write about a real person's experience, and that's what I'm going for. These tips are oversimplifying these characters and the base traits while also, without also adding in the various other traits of development. Like how, even though these tips are anti-abuse, Catcher is a good example of how, abused, how the abused become abusers. It, and it's a good example. Um, and they, and while we don't have to like Katra, I can at least understand her point of view and why she does the way she, that she does. Those all doesn't matter because at the end of the day, these are more opinions, not writing advice. Really retroactively redundant restrictions. Next section. Another big problem is that these tips just feel mean and toxic if I don't placate to Orchard's specific rules on writing. I'm a uh, and if I and if I don't, then I'm a huge jerk. 66. The best romantic partner for a character is her best friend. They're best friends for a reason. Notice how she said her for that. 61. Reclaimed slurs are not universals, and as such should not be included in a work. 70. Sexual rape awakening is not a real character arc. 62. Oppressed people fighting against their oppressors are not villains. No, I don't care if they went too far. Not all those who respond with violence are wrong, and not all those who preach nonviolence are right. 8. When a character's body count is over 10,000 and it's alive, that character is no longer redeemable. 34. Perspective shifts are a staple sort of telling. Having one, only one perspective isn't a stylistic choice. It's just crap. 10. Everything in a story is there because the creator wished it to be there. Trying to explain big story tropes using world building is a fallacy because you put it there to begin with. 41. Rape victims are not villains and should never be written as villains. Don't be Blizzard Entertainment. It costs zero dollars to be misogynistic big. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. That last one, I've got, I still have like no idea who that's referring to in, in Overwatch, but fine. And I don't even know if that is Overwatch, by the way. So a couple of things that need to be addressed. Could that need to get addressed? Could be good advice for some people, but the fact that she has to say it's the best choice bothers me immensely. Fiction as a medium has so many tropes of origin, satire, and parody that just saying what's best is ridiculous. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Cliches can be genius again if we work to execute right. These tips actively harm people from trying to be creative, especially when I've been suffering from that. Oppressed people can't be villains? Why? Magneto from X-Men is one of my favorite villains in comics. His entire shtick is that he got treated as a monster by the literal worst of humanity and now seeks to usurp all human innocence be damned. His character's beauty is that human xenophobia oppresses him, but he's also fighting back with the same prejudice as them, which creates a cycle of hatred. Suppose he got treated like a hero, then his main dynamic with Professor X is lost. It also contradicts the rule that comes about having a body count. There have also been many movies about sexual awakenings for young folks, and it can change a character and be an arc. The best examples I can bring up off the top of my head are the movies Blockers and Love, Simon, and etc. Freddy Fur is also contentious because various stories have given one second, and I don't think books like Percy Jackson are crap. And for tip number 10 and number 61, 
What about a period piece? Like if I make a story about an urban fantasy of a black man in the civil rights era, doesn't mean I can't have any racism or the N word in it despite me being black. Can I have a story that has bigotry to show why it's bad? Just reading these tips make me feel boxed in. Imagine trying to follow every single one of them. Hell, it basically just scares off new readers and turns honest mistakes into fatal ones in Lily's eyes. Finally, fandom. If if any of you guys know fandom, you get what I'm saying. Finally, there's a weird selection of tips blatantly about handling internet discourse and managing a fan base. But I don't understand why this is writing advice. If most of these writers have a fan base, I don't get why they would want tips from Lily in the first place, since as far as I know, she doesn't have any work in animation. I'm not saying that like people can't give criticism, but it's more like like where are you guys like where are you coming from exactly? In mo um 52, your fandom will fight and argue. This is not this is how people solve conflicts. It's typically better to let people fight it out than to be complacent and beg people to just stop fighting. 35. If you're making our cartoon, hire writers. Don't just have your storyboarders write the story. That's not what they're there for. Artists draw, writers write, artists cannot just take over writing on a whim. So basically to all the manga offers out there like Akira Toriyama, Kohei Horikoshi, and Taikubo, screw you guys because barely you can't draw and write. <laughs> Fan serve at 55. Fan service is a concept you should never think about. Fans who, to, uh, who need to be serviced are not actually fans. If you have fans, those fans are already having fun and don't need to be pandered to. 53. Lay it to the above. Every headcanon is valid should never leave your mouth. Do you want pedophiles and fascists in your fan base? Because that's how you get pedophiles and fascists in your fan base. 88. If the sunk cost fallacy existed, shows like Game of Thrones and Steven Universe wouldn't be canceled by season 2. Would have been canceled by season two. Again, this is not, this is all not writing advice. And if I could create my own cartoon, what afford do you have to tell me if I don't follow you, your tips? I'm a huge turd. These are writing tips, not how to make a cartoon tips. If I had a fan base, why can't I service them with a callback? What if chapter where their favorite shit comes true? Because that's what fan service is, people. It isn't just TNA. It really comes off the fact that like she thinks fan service is just like um, the anime version of fan service with the um, skimpy clothing and objective um, and objectifying poses, but that's not really all the case, guys. Again, this feels like a combo of opinions and digs at other shows, and it's annoying. I might come out with a toxic fan base, yes, but I will address those issues when they come my way. Outside of that, they can parody and hand cannons wish. I'm not going to tell you how to appreciate my work. And finally, the epilogue. Long story short, while several tips in this can be good, like tip 27, which says don't worry about having um, things all planned out, even though it tells those who did say they um, who say that they had everything planned out as filthy liars, and seven, which says that Twitter shouldn't be the best place to give story details and writing advice, apparently. Most of them are just garbage, but I guess it's all pointless concerning she Leola's. Which is probably leads to one principal question. Why? If Lily deleted this and these tips can't hurt anyone, and it's been months now, why do this? And I think that be, that because that's because it represent um 
of what it represents to me now. As I said before, this is not intended to bully Lily Orchard's writing, and if you think that I'm trying to put my work as superior, then I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't. My background sometimes has a description of a blank canvas. Some of the fight scenes are messy, brain-dead, exhausting, and hard to follow. I feel like a freaking idiot for even attempting to make diverse characters. My character design is as plain as paper on some things. I sometimes look at the world I've made and wonder to high heaven what the hell was I on when creating this or that. No, no matter how many times I edit for Grammarly, new mistakes pop up like popcorn. Certain plots I made seem so repetitively dumb, it's infuriating that I know it comes from me sometimes. These past few weeks, I've been hungering, begging, trying to improve to skyrocket into something new, but I feel stagnant while looking back on years of lackluster work. I want to create, I want to image, I want to make my name fucking known and etched. I want to be good enough to see my future set in stone with my own two hands, no one else's. Because I spent so much of my life trapped by my own imagination, forever impressed by the stories and shows around me. I might as well have been speaking a different language to people sometimes. And I've spent so much time suffering from that miscommunication. So much to the point where there are days I've hated myself, hated the home I was born in. There are days where I felt like these ideas were made forever ideas until I decided to use this platform to solidify them. Recent years, I've opened my eyes to the world in ways I've never imagined. I've done things my kid self could never dreamed of, experienced stories of all kinds that I could never dream of. That's why I go so hard to analyze and critique them, because I want to give them the appreciation and analysis they deserve, to give them the understanding that I didn't get. That's why I hate these tips so much, mainly because they are everything I've hated about myself solidified. You want to know the best writing advice I've learned from my former childhood? Be limitless. Don't bother chaining yourself to one genre and type of writing. And don't be afraid to try something new. Go into thinking you're good, but you can get better. Read widely and vividly and pick and choose what you want to borrow from to see difference for seconds. If you're going to make a crazy concept, then do it and give it your best shot and just plan it out. Literally, nothing is original anymore. It's just the way that we make it. Even uh, most importantly, though, like, have fun, take a risk. Even if you don't want to write for a living, at least be at peace knowing you put yourself out there. Truth is something that goes a long way these days. And unlike these tips, I'm not going to stop you from expressing yourself. Because I'm not going to let anyone stop me from expressing myself in any form. Just like how I'm not going to stop working until I shake this bug off me. I know I'm worthy, even if I don't feel like it. And that's pretty much it. That was my little blog. Don't worry. Um, I don't. I do feel worthy um, at the moment. I do feel like that I've improved and come a long way. And I know that once I enter college with all of you, um, at least being out there, that I can get a lot better when it comes to my writing. It's just, I rarely had like any writing tips when I was starting out and I still barely do. I don't have many, I don't have that one editor or a mentor or someone to really cultivate my skill. I only really have myself and the cold faceless internet. So um, that's why I think that I mainly got so heated about this when it first aired and why I've let it stew over for so long mainly because I was afraid of um, what people would think.
but I'm trying to get above that. And I hope that I can also try and bring in other new perspectives as this pen to pad podcast becomes bigger and becomes stronger. I'm sorry for being for leaving uh, on such short notice and um, and leaving for such a long time. But I promise you that I will try and make uh, the podcast better here and now. But that's about it. Um, if you stuck through the entire thing, thank you very much for the overall just patience and kind patience. And also, if you want to see more of my writing, I would not only want to be fine with doing more freeform stuff, but on web novel, I am in the middle of a writing competition. And I would very much mean so much. You don't have to, I'm not forcing you guys to support my story. It's called The Cons. If you guys like a super villain story, um, if you guys like a um, high sci-fi, then I think that you'll like The Cons. And I will go more into that in a later time. But yeah, this has been your handsome host, Donnie Draco 15. And this is the newly returned, newly improved, hopefully, pen to pad podcast signing off.